Great protection. Wide open. George Kittle inside the 10. Touchdown, San Francisco. Whoa, baby. That's 61 yards. Right, well, welcome to the American Football Show. We are thankful for cold beer, Sunday dinner, and football. Aww. Um, yeah, but let's go into that, though. What is everyone thankful for this week? We're going to be American today. Um, well, I think I think mine's pretty obvious. I think I'm just thankful for the way the Ravens are playing at the moment and for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I'm thankful just for Bill Belichick just being there for so long and doing what he's done. Wouldn't wouldn't it be the same without him? I'm thankful the Sixers are playing well. <laughs> so sad about the at least, at least one of your teams are. I'm thankful. I'm thankful our defense. Is, we had a good offense when we started, and the defense was terrible. So as as we have done, we have just flipped them around entirely. Um, but yeah, I'm thankful our defense is looking good again. We'll get onto the the offense later. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I think it is nice that we can all show what we're thankful for on our team. How about something we're thankful for in the NFL that's not on our team? That's on the spot, that is. Uh, big hits. Love a Mason, big hit. Mason Rudolph must love you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially when it's on Mason Rudolph. Uh, I'm thankful for the Thanksgiving games. I'm looking forward to... We've got a little little team events on on Thursday so I'm looking forward to going down watching a few games Maybe and I'm thankful we have this podcast aww aww that is sweet good thing Tim's not here um, Tim what are you thankful for? <laughs> probably oh, thankful to be in the States <laughs> yeah enjoying himself probably not thankful for the result of the game that he went to is, is no one like, doing it is no one going to do a Tim impression like we did Joe oh, a Welsh accent's a tough one just win, I, I tell you what I'm, I'm really thankful that the readers are so shit <laughs> there you go that's it <laughs> right um, yeah let's go straight into our week in review there uh, Joe as you have the most games this week do you want to start off with one of yours yeah I managed to uh, to manage to get six games this week uh, since we were talking about Tim, I'm going to head over to New York. So, yes, Timothy went all the way to New York to watch, not well, not just see the Raiders lose, but to see him get absolutely hammered. The Jets won this 34-3. The Jets are now on a three-winning streak, which is ex- well, extremely odd, the fact that they've won three games in a row, but it's even more odd than the fact that they've scored 34 points in every single one of those. So they're currently now at four and seven, and the next two games are at Cincinnati and then versus the Dolphins. They could be six and seven going in with three games left, which, you know, could they be an outsider for the playoffs? You never no. know. You never know with the AFC. We hope not. We hope not, but they might be. Uh, Josh Jacobs really suffered this game. I mean, the Jets are the number one run defense in the NFL but he did only run 34 yards before getting pulled off the pitch along with Carr in the third quarter. I mean, this is something that a lot of people discussed. Is that, you know, is that just a sign of saying you've lost the game? In my opinion, teams do it when they're miles ahead. If you're miles behind and you've got no chance of winning, they've got a big game next week against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I've personally got no problem with that, even if Lennon did come on and fumble the ball three times. 
Sam Donald started to look good again, uh, 315 yards and two touchdowns. My MVP for this one, uh, Jamal Adams, he's having a cracking season, had another great game with five tackles, a sack and three quarterback hits. Okay, good stuff. On to you, Craig. What was your first game? Yeah, so I started off with Steelers at the Bengals. Uh, it was a big AFC North matchup. Steelers take the win 16-10 to 10 over the still winless Bengals or the Bungles, as they should be called now at the moment. Um, close game was 10 all until the end of the third quarter. It was, it was uh, two Boswell field goals securing the win in the end in the fourth. Um, the big news of this game was Rudolph being benched in the third quarter for the undrafted rookie, Devlin Hodges, um, who, after coming on the field, seemed to make a fairly decent impact. It was, you know, he threw five for 11, 118 yards and a touchdown, which, you know, considering Rudolph's interception earlier on, I think added a spark to the offense and he seemed to look a lot better after he took the field. I know the news has come out that he's going to be starting the game against the Browns on Sunday, so that should be interesting to see see how that goes. But yeah, it was a close back and forth game from two struggling offences that just it lacked any real excitement except for the big 70-yard touchdown pass to Washington. Okay. Uh, game I had was the Broncos at the Bills. Broncos scored three at the Bills 20. Uh, it was a very, almost a mirror match except for the quarterbacks. Like They're quite similar teams in the strong defences with offences that have bright spots. Um, but Josh Allen's just... I, I said at the beginning of this season, I do like Josh Allen, and he's starting to develop into a nice quarterback, not throwing as many interceptions in that. Um, they did both throw an interception, and neither passed over for 200 yards, which shows how much the defence was involved in on both teams. At the end of the day, it was the, the defence that was consistent, um, the Bills there relying on a run game that won the game. Brandon Allen may not be a starting caliber quarterback, uh, but against a, a defense that it, lots of teams have struggled against it. He wasn't, wasn't good enough there. Uh, an MVP for this one is none other than Frank Gore. Cause he, he surpassed Barry Sanders as the third all time rusher in NFL history, which is a huge achievement. Uh, it just shows like considering how I think the two above him is Jim Brown and Walter Payton. Um, I think, um, and they, obviously they were just so good that they racked up so many yards. Frank Gore's done the opposite way around and that he's just played for so long. He's getting those yards in. Uh, and then on to your next game, Joe. Yep, so I'm going to do another Sunday 6pm game. So this one I had the Giants going to the Bears. Bears winning 19-14. To be honest, two pretty bad offences it was a it was a bit of a boring game uh trubisky looking a little bit better for the bears still not good enough to be their main man still struggling to see him starting next year and to be honest that was about it not much went on uh, my mvp is going to be alan robinson the second he got over 100 yards there and yeah i'm sorry but that was all there really was i quite i quite enjoy watching that game to you fellow um Craig, what's your next game? Okay, so my next game, I've got Ravens at the Rams. Big statement win on Monday Night Football. The man the Ravens absolutely destroyed the Rams 45-6 to in the LA Coliseum. Uh, Lamar opened his total TD count for the month of November to a whopping 16, while Goff finishes with zero for the month of November. Not a good month for Rams fans at all. Um, 
Ravens are hot in the heels of the Patriots and are just looking unstoppable at the moment. Um, while the Rams just look to have just crumbled and are just fallen to pieces in a in a bit of a funk at the moment. Um, I don't think anyone's seen this coming, to be honest, from either side. Uh, the Ravens just continue to just destroy teams week after week and just leaving opposing teams in awe. You know, Eric Weddle after the game was quoted and saying, and you know, this is a direct quote, damn there's nothing like it. You can't emulate it. How are you supposed to practice it? Lamar is, a, uh, Lamar is the fastest guy on the field. Half the time I didn't know who had the ball. So like, you know, if teams can't even see who's got the ball you can't expect them to react fast enough to even process what's going on and make some kind of decision to get involved and make a play which is I think where a lot of defences are stumbling at the moment um, you know whereas the Ravens continue to go strength to strength you know on, on the ground today they had 275 yards rushing whereas the Rams only had 21 yards rushing in total I think the total yards for the whole day was 225 so they had more yards on the ground without even including what was thrown, you know, Jackson had a great the great day, 15 for 20, 169 yards, five touchdowns and 95 yards rushing. Ingram and Edwards combined for 29 carries, 166 yards. You know, Ingram Ingram looked really impressive and, you know, there was a complete shutout first half, 28 points in the first half. It's just, just, just a beat down. I really hope the Patriots lose one more game to the, the Ravens, the number one seed. Ingram had a great game in this game. And Peterson Smith as well, they both combined for an interception. Like overall, everything just seems to be clicking. Everything just seems to be running on, on all cylinders at the moment. Lamar just keeps breaking records every game. Must be nice. I was going to say, Ingram seems like such a top bloke as well. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's, he's Jackson's own hype man at the moment, isn't he? I've been reading a lot about, but he, he, he had such a good game. On, on Monday night like he he was just running running people over and just leaving defenders in his wake as he was running like you'd see three four guys just lying on the ground as he's just running through people you know and then Ramsey after the game I think was was supposed to have been kicking off a little bit of Peters in the tunnel where it looks like we got the better end of that deal there and it's not really working out for him there at the moment Wasn't um, Peters doing Ramsey's iconic celebration isn't that sort of why it all kicked off uh, a little bit, but I think I think it was partly just frustration on Ramsey's part because he just he just didn't make an impact on the field at all. I read somewhere that Ramsey's allowing like a ninety three point six passer rating, and I can't remember the percentage, but it was like above fifty percent passes completed. Like he has dropped off. He was he was what the top cornerback last year or two years ago and he's now just he's still good but he's not the best yeah you, you don't expect massive numbers from a shutdown corner like look at Gilmore Gilmore's numbers are not anything spectacular but that's because he's a shutdown corner no one wants to throw on him that's the thing people are throwing on Ramsey they're not throwing yeah. on Gilmore they're not throwing on Minka Fitzpatrick stuff like that yeah so you know it, it says a lot you know what I mean Anyway, on to the Buccaneers at the Falcons. Uh, Buccaneers scored 35 at the Falcons' home. who scored 22. Uh, Falcons have returned to mediocrity again. Uh, obviously, there's only one game there, but I think they've, they've, they've had their fun. Uh, Jimmy Swinston was doing very Jimmy's things, threw for three touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, he's also it's so fun to watch Jimmy's run. Um, he's 
I want to give a shout out to the old LJMU Fury quarterback Alex Housden as they both run exactly like a drunk giraffe. Um, Vita Via got a trick touchdown, which was really fun to watch because I, I do like Vita Via and I'll give someone five good if they can pronounce his name. Um, he got a trick touchdown landing up as a blocker then breaking out into a, a nice flat play. Uh, Matt Ryan and co are struggling to do much more than just occasionally get a really nice pass downfield to uh, Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones. It's, it's a shame they've won two games in a row now because Dan Quinn's likely to stay because of that, which I, my personal opinion is Dan Quinn needs to go from that team because they've got so much talent. Um, MVP for this is Chris Godwin, who is just the ultimate wide receiver too, a bit like Juju last year. Lining opposite Mike Evans, who gets the double teams, he's just getting the yards in seven attempts 184 yards and two touchdowns is a, a nasty stat line uh but yeah that was it was a bit of a bit of a um gun show that but shootout thing but yeah the falcons have lost their win streak of two there and now have ruined their chances of getting the the bottom pick uh on to you joe what was your next game so i have got here uh the dolphins and the browns Browns winning 41 to 24. The Browns came out, well, they came out rapid, to be honest. They went up at halftime 28 to 3. Miami just could never recover. The Browns offense did look really good, even if it was against Miami. Uh, Mayfield threw 327 yards and three touchdowns. And Nick Chubb looked very good yet again. He sort of seems to be the man in that team who is just having a consistently good season. 106 yards and a touchdown for him. And having both Chubb and Hunt in the backfield gives them a lot of good options there. One of the more exciting offences, I think, at the moment to watch with those two on the pitch. And Jarvis Landry had over 100 receiving yards as well and two touchdowns. Uh, He got my MVP for this one. On the Dolphins' side, even if, you know, times are a bit dire there, Fitzpatrick is just the exciting player, to be honest. You just love watching him getting the snaps, running the ball, throwing the ball, whatever it is, he always seems to entertain you. Yeah, I like watching Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's he's that nice. He's the nice guy. Yeah. Uh, then, Craig, you had another one? Yeah, so I had Colts at Texans. Um, Texans taking a win at home, 20-17. to 17. It was a close game that ultimately could have gone either way in the end. Um, and... You know, eventually went the Texans' way and they took the lead for that playoff spot now, sitting at 7-4 and four, um, in a division where it looks like only one team, I think, is going to go through. And at the minute, it's looking like it's going to be the Texans. Um, it was a, a, a match-up of two different styles of offense, to be honest. You got the Colts to play, play in a different kind of ball at the moment. They're running up the gut of a lot of defenses. It's long, slow, physical drives. I think 10 of 11 plays of the touchdown drive would run um, whereas on the opposite side you had the Texans which would like to throw a lot more deep balls and I think the wide receivers were the big game changer I think in this game you know you had Fuller and you had Hopkins who turned up whereas Hilton and the gang for the Colts didn't really show up only three receptions for 18 yards for Hilton and he had two big fair down drops which I think were crucial in that game um, Fuller when he's on the field like there's such a difference, I think, in terms of how productive this offense is. You know, he Watson likes to throw deep to him, but I think he also complements Hopkins really well and they're a good duo at the moment. Um Brissett didn't look too great. The defense held up well for them though, considering the scoreline. Um Texans on the other hand, they're just 
you know, they got lucky on the day. Right, Joe, back to you, Panthers at Saints. Yeah, so big, big scoring game this one. It was effectively a game of catch-up uh, all the way for the Panthers, which they did manage to keep up with. Uh, poor old Joey Slide, an absolute shocker. He started off by missing two extra points, and then with two minutes to go, the game was 31-31. Uh, the Panthers had a field goal. I think they're about. I think it was about 27-yard field goal around that to go three up in the fourth quarter, and he just absolutely spooned it, put it right past the post. Awful, awful kick, and then the Saints go down the other end, end up getting within field goal range, kick it over. 34-31 win for the Saints. Both QBs had really good games in this. As you can tell, high points is always going to be good yardage, really. Both threw three touchdowns. Allen got over 250 yards. Breeze over 300. Christian McCaffrey was relatively quiet here. Uh, only 64 yards. I know that's a pretty average game for a, for a running back. But for him, you always expect a little bit more. Michael Thomas is continuing to have another amazing season. You know, over 100, 101 yards for him and a touchdown. He's now, well, he is still leading the league uh, in receiving yards with over 1,200. One thing about this game as well, there were a couple non-pass interference calls overturned. And it's just something about the New Orleans Saints and PI. It it's just always seems to be them. And it's just inconsistent. The refs weren't calling these. They weren't overtoning these weeks ago for the most of the season. And then in this one, there was two. It's just, it just doesn't make any sense at the moment. MVP for this one, Michael Thomas. That was a really fun game to watch, actually. It's such a shame Matt's lie is probably going to get dropped. Uh, right, I have the Lions at the Redskins up there with one of the... Actually, it was a, it was a, good, it was a good game to watch, but a terrible game to... Have review because it, it it was a team of it was two teams with subpar quarterbacks and defenses that are average so it was fun to watch trying to watch them beat him I know you were messaging in the group chat loving Dwayne Haskins play then I watched it back and I was like it was actually fairly poor <laughs> um but yeah, the the line uh, the Redskins actually won this um, nineteen to sixteen. So Redskins get their second win of the season. It's very disappointing that the Lions have now been beaten by the Redskins when we lost to them. Um, but yeah, it was it really wasn't much of a game to talk about. the The Redskins' offense was just kind of pale. The the reason they won is really fantastic kick returning. Um, Steven Sims Jr. returned two kicks for 224 yards, so 62-yard average returns and a touchdown. And their punt returner, um, I think he got some nice ones in as well. Uh, Dustin Hopkins nailed four kicks for four field goals, longer speed of 42-yarder, so uh, just just good special teams play really won this game because nothing else really stood out. Um, Jeff Driscoll through three interceptions which is just that it, only Jimmy Swinston can get away with that and try and win a game uh, Matt Prater missed a field goal as well so it was it was just a special teams fight really uh, but I'm going to give the uh, the MVP to Stephen Sims Jr because of the really nice uh, kick return touchdown he had which essentially won the game for the Redskins because they got the only touch uh, not the only touchdown they got the, the important touchdown for themselves uh, but yeah um, it, it was actually a fairly fun game to watch like I said just not great to review in hindsight uh, and then Joe back to your of the game 
Yep, so quite a good game this one. Hi, the Jaguars going to the Titans and the Titans are winning 42 to 20. It brings up the question again, the Titans, are they a good football team or do we just still not know? I think it's the latter. Derek Henry seems to love playing the Jaguars. Uh, in this game, he got 159 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, including a 74-yard touchdown. The Titans had a manic third quarter, scoring 28 points. And Tannehill, as well, also scored a pretty naughty touchdown. Nice bit of scrambling, and this absolutely pegged it towards the end zone. Took a massive hit on the goal line, but still went over. Foles is struggling fitting back into this Jaguars Offense. I mean, he has been injured and it takes a long time to come back from that. But it is can be a bit of a worry here for the Jaguars. And I think it's a worry as well for Doug Marone. He might be looking down the barrel a little bit, underachieving yet again this season. Wanted a bit more. I know CC Foles went out, but Minshew was a good quarterback and, and stepped in well. They probably should have done a bit better. MVP with this one, it can't be anyone but Derek Henry. Derek Henry's so underrated. He's so good, eh? Right, on to our games of the weeks. Uh, I think I've probably got the least interesting one there, so I'll I'll, I'll go first with a, a, a sad, sad game with the Seahawks uh, visiting the Eagles at home. Uh, there's a lot to discuss about the Eagles right now, um, mainly being that the the defence is now one of the top DVOA-rated ones uh, since we've got all our cornerbacks back and some injury players are coming back. Uh, our defence has started to look nice. We kept Russell Wilson and, and under 17 points, which I think is an achievement in itself. Um, but, uh, yeah, our, our offence, and I, I'm as as the boys know, I'm very quick to hate my own team when we're performing poorly, as the group chat describes. Um but yeah, we were. I think by the end of that game, we were down our right tackle, our right guard, our wide receiver one, our wide receiver two, our wide receiver three, uh, and our running back one and running back three. Uh, we were playing receivers that had two catches in total over the past five weeks. Uh, but Wentz just wasn't looking good. He missed some really bad open passes. Uh, and there's, there is a big discussion about whether Wentz is good anymore. The, I'll be honest, the first time I doubted Wentz, uh, but I, th- I think it's a combination of a lot of bad things going on at once. Uh, the Seahawks, right, Russell Wilson looked like he was struggling, but at the end of the day, they were just the overall better team, better coaching. Pete Carroll's just a, a good coach. He's always proved he's a good coach. Um, Russell Wilson, he, like, he only threw for 200 yards, but Rashad Penny run for 129 on us, and we're, 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 we like to say we're a good Russian defence. Just end of a day, it was we we got out coached and outplayed, and we'll get into Wentz a bit later. But yeah, a bit of a disheartening game to watch. Really, I was fairly angry. Uh, but yeah, so be it. On to a better note for for me, Joe. Yes. So uh, Cowboys come to Foxborough and they get beaten thirteen nine. So this was a low scoring game, mainly due to the poor weather. On this one, that's two weeks in a row now the Pats have played and the weather's just been atrocious. Uh, positive was our first-round pick and kill Harry scored his first career touchdown. I mean, it was his only reception of the game, but it was a really good sort of like toe-tap, toe-drag twist in the air. But it's good after his, after his injury. Nice to see him come back. We finally had a decent running game this game. Uh, Sony Michelle went for 85 yards. I don't think we managed to go over 80 or 84 for the last seven 
so to get over that landmark was quite nice Julian Edelman was making big plays yet again along with Jacoby Myers they both made well they made over 160 yards between them which is good to see and our defense was was very strong Zeke he looked pretty good he was making a few gains but he just couldn't get that touchdown and well Stefan Gilmore had an amazing game he completely shut out Amari Cooper and he had an amazing diving interception I don't know did you boys see that one at all he was, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and he's sort of behind him, just dives and just managed to grab hold of it. Absolutely nuts. The the Cowboys they they lacked quite a bit. Uh, they go to six and five, and no offense, Adam, if they weren't in such a poor division, they'd be in a lot of trouble in the NFC and struggling to make the playoffs. But fortunately, teams around them seem to be well, losing as well. Uh, admittedly, there was a couple awful tripping calls. I think there was like a total of five made this uh, this whole weekend and there was only seven before this weekend. So it's another one of those things about the refs looking for a certain thing and implementing it. With uh, regards to the Cowboys coaching, Jason Garrett, he's on got to be on his last leg. There was one point in the game, uh, six minutes to go, Pats are 13-6 up. And the Cowboys are four and seven on about the, the 30 yard line, tw- 20, between the 20 and 30 yard line. And they chose to go for a field goal. Uh, I mean, you haven't scored a touchdown all game. You're well within. This is one of the nearest you've got to it. You've got to go for it when it's in the fourth quarter. Just trust your defense and then maybe go for another one. But the fact they went for a field goal just looked a bit weak, in my opinion. And Jerry Jones showed his frustration as well with Garrett in his post-match comments. I mean, the Cowboys are the richest franchise in the world, not just in the NFL, but in the world. They've got to change this up and and get good again. MVP for that one has got to be Stefan Gilmore. Had a brilliant game. I called it. I said I said he, he'd, he'd be on the hot seat. And in all honesty, I don't think they will resign him. I think he'll go at the end of the season and... I think they're going to spend the time between now and the end of the season looking for a replacement for them. I read uh, Demarcus Ware did a um, an Ask Me Anything on Reddit and someone asked him the question like, what do you think of Jason Garrett? Like, why do you think he's like a poor coach and all this? And he went, the thing is Jason Garrett's not a tactical coach like Bill Belichick or like a recruiting coach. Like, uh, I can't think of an example there, but he apparently he's an excellent motivator. Uh, so, like, in the locker rooms, he's very good at getting the team hyped up and stuff like that. So, I, I'm with I'm a you, Craig. Don't like Jason Garrett. But with when there's a, a an all-pro linebacker kind of saying he is good for this, well, you've kind of got to agree with him in some respects. He's, he's mainly a yes man. Oh, yeah, totally. That, that's it. Like, And I think it's it's got to a point now where he needs... If, if you can... You need someone in with a bit more football and knowledge I think and someone who's going to help you know he's been there for a while now they've not really done much while he's been there I think it's time to replace him and to move on but then it's with an owner as involved you know as Jerry is like it's it's tough because is anyone really going to want to go there and coach a team that's under so much media spotlight so much pressure and has got an owner that like is very hands on which I know some people like, some people don't like. 
Well, like, what what other owners are very hands-on? Like, Robert Kraft used to be before Bill came in. Then he was like, right, I've got to take a back foot. And obviously that's worked out well. I can't yeah, think of it. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't think he... he... I think I think he is the problem there at the moment. Yeah, he's the owner, but I think that's part of the problem there is the fact that he's Stephen so Jones has so been taking a lot more responsibility though. So I think Jerry Jones is getting weaned out. Anyway, uh, on to your last game, Craig. There, the probably the best game of the week: Packers at Forty Niners. Uh, well, I don't know. After watching this game, I disagree. Um, it was a game I was really, really looking forward to, and I even traded Adam for it, and it's it's cost me. Cost me a nice cold pint, and to be honest, at the moment, you know, for the such a one-sided game, I think it's looking like you won that bet there, not me. I've never specified um, what kind of pint. Just going to say that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 49ers took this one, thirty-seven to eight. Um, I think it was like the third play of the game. Rogers was sacked and fumbled the ball. The ball was recovered on like the free around the three-yard line, and. San Francisco running in for the score and then after that it was kind of just the story of the first half you know 23 and 0 the first half finished um, Green Bay looked to be making a comeback a little bit they scored put 8 points on the board in the third quarter but that was very quickly shut down with a 63 yard uh, TD from Kill um, and the game just never really got going for Green Bay Rodgers was sacked five times he was that D-line just made his life so uncomfortable and that defence just made so many problems for him that I mean look at Rogers' numbers he was 20 for 33 104 yards and one touchdown like for Rogers to get a game where he's only barely throwing over 100 yards you know that they've done really well to keep that down there um, on the ground he did a lot more you know they even shut down the run you know you had what was it 24 carries for I think it was about 80-90 yards between Jamal Williams and Jones you know they just stuffed the run made Rodgers life hell and that defence just continues to look like the strength of that 49ers team they're looking like the team to beat in the NFC at the moment yeah NFC's just a chaos (laughs) my MVP for that game linebacker Fred Warner 11 tackles and one sack I like I like linebackers that like have good games. Like, there's a lot of linebackers on a lot of teams that have good games that are fairly unknown. It's it's nice to see them. Yeah, eleven tackles. That's that's pretty impressive. Right. Uh, any other comments anyone wants to make on any of the games? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was going to bring it up a little bit later, but I think what surprised me is Goff at the moment. Um, I was just wondering what your thoughts of him. You know, the Rams. After last season, you know, he's been paid now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he's been paid now, obviously, like, the sort of the stuff with him. And, you know, especially this, this past month, you know, no touchdowns in his last three games. Uh, this offence looks like it's really in a lot of trouble at the moment. I mean, all I could say is I'm happy we took Wentz instead of Goff. Oh, I, when that draft was going on, I was a big Goff man. Not going to lie, I, I always knew you were a go goth. <laughs> yeah, springing up out of all Well, no, I know. Wentz isn't having a great season right now, but he's done us well. <laughs> um, but yeah, God, I, the Rams are just in. The thing is, they went all in. They've got. They've signed Aaron Donald to that massive contract. They signed signed Jane Ramsey when they're going to have to extend him. They've extended Jared Goff. Um, Brandon Cooks is on a pretty big um, 
contract. Not, Brandon Cooks, Sammy Watkins. Brandon Cooks. Who is that we're thinking about? Is it Brandon Cooks? Yeah, Brandon seen, Cooks. Yeah, it's Brandon Cooks. Yeah. He's on a big contract. Like They've sunk a lot of money into a team that is currently not doing well. Yeah, I think Cup's the only one who's really been doing doing much for them. I mean, um, Aaron Donald still does bits. Like, yeah, no yeah, I mean, he had a pretty quiet night against the Ravens. He only got, I think he, he got no tackles, no sacks and one assist. So, like... I yeah, but when you're, against, partly, when you're against Lamar... <laughs> yeah, I think that was partly the Ravens' all, which has been playing really well at the moment, especially in this game against that D-line. But I think the style of play... I think the Ravens aren't soft and you know to avoid Donald. So I think it was a bit of both of that in that game. But even then, I'd say he's been pretty quiet his past few games, like this whole team, but more you know, more so on offense. And Goff, I think, is in a real funk at the moment. I think I think a big factor could potentially be the the sort of fear factor of Gurley has really died down. Like these offense the sorry, these defenses won't be focusing as much on Gurley because they know he's not quite himself. I, I don't know if Goth maybe if he maybe slipped slipped under the radar for a bit because it seems like he has it in him, but I, I just don't know what's gone on. Gurley hasn't looked himself since he's came back. He's had he's had one or two decent games, but he still doesn't look like the Gurley of last season. I think it's Sean McVeigh and his offense just getting figured out. A bit late for that now, though, in the season. Because obviously it was, what, two years ago, it was like, is Sean McVay the biggest genius to ever come into the NFL? And then they realised, oh, he just talks to Jared Goff and makes a play. <laughs> Do you think maybe he's overcomplicating it a little bit? I'd, I'd say the reverse. I think he has to simplify it for Jared Goff. Because like, you look at the likes of the Packers in the start of their season, you know, you had Rodgers trying to work that new style of play and that new scheme with, is it Lafleur? And, like, that took a few games to sort of work out the kinks. And, you know, it might not show on the scoreline against the 49ers, but they have been looking a lot better as the weeks have gone on. And they sort of settled into that a bit more. Whereas with these, it seems to have gone the other way. They seem to have, like, really regressed. I think Matt LaFleur is the only first-year coach with a positive record at the moment. I think I read that somewhere. But anyway, let's move on to some notable injuries. Um, only one we could, we've really got here is Matt Skewer for the Ravens. Do you want to... Kind of go into a bit on that, Craig. Yeah, so he left this game with a knee injury. Um, it's looking like he's out for the season after he's required knee surgery to help fix that knee. That's a, a huge loss for the Ravens. Like he's played every down of ball this season for us and last season as well, I think. Um, and, you know, considering how well the protection's been for Lamar this year and how good the old line looked, especially on Monday, um, I, think, I think that's a big loss for us. Yeah, I think people underestimate how important the centre is to a to a game. Like they they basically coordinate the entire line. Not just that, but you need someone who can snap. You know what I mean? Like you need you need someone with that relationship with the QB. So if he's under, especially if he's under centre or you know, etc. etc. You know, they, they develop a rhythm, they develop a relationship. You know. They, yeah, I remember. I know specifically Eagles, but Jason Kelsey was talking about. That Carson Wentz has very rough hands, and Nick Foles has very soft, tender hands. So, like, they, it is the whole much like when a quarterback hands off to a running back, they can do it differently with the taking, uh, especially from the shotgun. When they're taking it from right from their crotch, they they pass it off differently to different quarterbacks. So, 
uh, kind of it can result in some fumbles as well. Yeah, so I think I think that'll be one to watch going into this next game. Another big one is the Packers tackle Brian Bulaga went off. I know he's been doing quite good for uh, for um, uh, Aaron Rodgers, so that could be interesting to see if the the Packers line goes down a bit. Yeah, they had a rough night, to say the least. Right, that's speaking of rough. Speaking of rough old land, though, that Raiders old line at the minute, mate. Like, I think at the start of the season when the Raiders were doing well, I don't know if Tim, you know, obviously Tim's not here today. I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but the beginning of the season, their old line was really playing well, and the results seemed to reflect that. But since they've had a few injuries and they've had to move people around and etc., like. They've been really struggling. I mean, even if you look at that last game against the Jets, like they're really struggling to just move the ball at all at the moment. Where I think that old line, since it's took a bit of a beating and it's missing a couple of guys, like that team's really seems to have dropped at the moment. And if they keep playing the way they're playing, you know, they're going to very quickly fall out of that playoff run. It's a shame because I like the Raiders. Uh, speaking of the Raiders, actually, we're going to our news talking points. First one we've got there is the uh, AFC sixth seed race, which the Raiders are in contention for. So, uh, obviously, we had our playoff discussion, was it two weeks ago? The AFC yeah. sixth, sixth position is a fierce fight. It is, it's, it's proper close at the moment, and there's just so many teams that can be in it. So, I assume we're saying what? So, the, the Pats are going to win the East, the Ravens are going to win the North. The Bills, we assume, are going to be fifth seed if they're eight and three. Uh, and then you, well, you've, got to, you've got to the assume the Chiefs are going to be winning it. Yeah. So you assume the Chiefs are winning. The, the Texans, that's a toughie, I think. I think that's a bit closer than a lot of people would have on their mind, especially with two teams being at six and five in their division. So. The six and five teams, we've got Steelers, Raiders, Colts and Titans. Then we've got five and six, we've got the Cleveland Browns. So that is about, if you include the Texans, that's six teams in the mix. Yeah. Um, I mean, who out of those is most like, I, it's it's tough. I think the Texans take their division. Okay. The thing is, I'm, I, I just don't think the Steelers can keep this up unless unless their schedule's going to be really easy. I just don't think the, the Steelers get above like eight wins. Yeah, especially with Rudolph playing. It just doesn't seem like it's... Uh... I, think, I don't think the Raiders will make it in at the way they're playing at the moment. And the Browns' schedule gets easy. And the Browns have caught all, fire. We all bar Joe had the Raiders making that six-speed spot. And then I think Joe took the Steelers... At the moment, I don't think either team are going to make it. I think, like you said, I think maybe no. the Browns. So, so for me, I haven't actually looked at their schedule, but I really like the look of the Titans. I know they're always that team. They're always that nine and seven team, but I just think they can. I'm going to have a look at their their schedule now. So, like we said about the Steelers, so I think Fifty goes to the Bills, and I reckon the Browns scrape into it. You maybe the Browns, maybe Titans, maybe the Colts. It's hard though because it's it's either Titans or Colts because I think the Texans are going to take it. They've got the the one game lead. Actually, Titans. Their schedule is at Colts, at Raiders, 
versus Texans versus Saints at Texans. No, yeah, they're. Yeah. I don't think they take that. Yeah, unless no, unless they beat the Texans <laughs> twice, in which case they'll beat the Texans into the playoffs. Yeah. So Steelers is, is Browns, Cardinals, Bills, Jets, Ravens. Oh, so it, it's mm, not. They, they could, not they the could beat the Jets. They could beat the. I think the Cardinals beat them. So do you reckon an eight and eight team get in? I don't think eight and eight makes it in. I think nine and seven is going to be the the sixth seed. The Browns have got a sneaky little win streak going at the moment. Yeah, yeah, flying under the radar, but at the same time, I just they always find a way to lose and just fall flat on the face. And I just Uh, and the Browns are the the people they've got to play is the Steelers, which they should win again with the the comeback game. Be fun. Bengals, Cardinals, Ravens, which probably going to be... They beat them last time. Uh, and then the Bengals again. So they're be- playing a team that has currently not won a game twice. The Steelers, who they should handle. And then the Cardinals and the Ravens. They should yeah, beat the Cardinals. They've shown they could beat the Ravens, at least. Yeah, from, yeah. The, from the sounds of everybody's run at the moment, it sounds like they would be, just based on the matchups, the favourites at the moment. And also, a fun little fact to help him. So, in like 13 of the past 15 seasons, a team with a sub-500 five, sub record through 11 games has made the playoffs. So, they could be that stat to keep it going. Well, it's all going to be very exciting when it gets... I'm going to... The playoff race is just going to be crazy. Yeah, I can't wait for it. And next talk of point, Monday Night Football ESPN coverage... Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not usually someone who gets a lot of, of time to watch Monday Night Football live because of my job and et cetera, et cetera. But when I do get the chance to tune in, especially with this game, with me covering the Ravens game this week, um, it just made me realise just how bad the coverage is. And I was just wondering if you guys had noticed it and what your, guys, what, what your thoughts were on it, like, yeah, I mean, they, they had to take Jason Witten out because he wasn't good enough and he's still fairly terrible. Booger McFarlane, the only highlight of that was any kicks off at the refs. I mean, there's some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth. The problem like, is they just they go off idiot. on tangents and then they... He's, when a, the, he's a proper idiot, mate. Like, he makes <laughs> that just state the obvious. Like, you can tell he's sitting there he's, he, and he, there's just not a lot going on inside his head and he's just saying what he's seeing. You know what I mean? Like, there's just there's not a lot of analytics there there's not a lot of like just football talk there. there's a lot of just stating the obvious what annoys me that like mid maybe there's a big play going on they'll still be talking about how like 20 years ago they talked to a coach about something it's like tell the story later just talk like narrate the game and I'm not a fan like they really need to fix that you know it's you're talking about something that's usually like supposed to be the pinnacle show of the week you know, it's the game of the week. It's the pinnacle show of the week. It's the one that, you know, of, it's supposed to be like the highlight of the NFL of the week. And then you you come on and listen to them too. And they're just awful, in my opinion. Like, I'm I'm not a fan. I don't know about you guys. I was just curious what you think. If anyone wants to message in and let us let us know your opinion, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to hear it. But personally, I'm I'm not a fan. And I think you really need to, to fix that quickly. Otherwise, I think people are just going to start switching off. You know, there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of tweets and stuff lying around of people muting the coverage without sound because they were sick of listening to them. 
and we're just wanting to watch the game. You know what I mean? I, th- I mean, we can all agree that Tony Romo is the best commentator. Yeah, that's yeah. He's he's been, he's fell into it and he's shown to be quite a natural for whatever he. The problem is, I think there's an older. It sounds bad saying there's the old style of commentating where it is like anecdotes throughout the game, but I, I much prefer someone that knows the game to a modern degree and just talks about it and I wish they started getting more players in like Joe Thomas I think was he's, he's starting to get into it um, I wouldn't want Gronk doing it because he's a bit of a bonehead no offence um, whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> watch his interview on First We Feast because I'd love it to be I do like Gronk but he's he's like a frat boy <laughs> no he is isn't he he just, he just wants to party that's all he's there for. But I, I just love more ex-players that have only recently retired to get into it. Like Jay, we, but we've seen it doesn't always work. Jason Witten was fairly tedious in his commentating. Yeah, he was uh, quite stiff, wasn't he? But that well, could just be a thing. Like Tony Romo's so good at it. You're talking about a show that's had the likes of Madden and Gruden and people like that who have been on big commentating yeah. on it. Yeah, like big comment. You know, big characters, people who really understand the sport they've obviously got a lot to talk about they're able to break things down as they're watching it and I think the two guys that have gone in at the moment just don't have that ability tell you what though the NFL network uh, NFL game day is absolutely brilliant right so on from the Monday night football let's get into our question mailbox I see we've got quite a few here today Joe yeah we do uh first one coming from one man blue zone yet again big shout out to him keeps coming in with the questions so this was his tweet he said hi lads me again with another probable bad takes on qbs actually no his dac one last week wasn't wasn't too bad i quite enjoyed that so he said just watching the eagles game back again generally don't think i've ever seen that defense play so well but went my ginger prince bench and kick him up the arse or stick with him i love him but Christ. I will let you two voice your opinions first. <laughs> I, I was going to let you, but I, that's fine. I mean, boy, it's, it's tough. Who, who's your backup again? It's um, McCown, um, isn't it? Nick Sudfeld and Josh McCowan. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no, there's no point benching. What's the point benching him in the fact that, yeah, it might, it might, as they say, give a bit of a kick up the arse to him. I don't think he's massively the problem. He had a few bad throws. There was an overthrow, wasn't there, to his, his running back in the last game. And yeah, I mean, but that's that's one. I'd say it's more the receiver's problem. You put a good wide receiving core in there, and I think it completely changes the man. And as you say, Adam, I know you will probably touch on the offensive coordinator, but Wentz isn't the problem in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say the same thing. I think. It's a bit of a hasty reaction. I think you're talking about a guy on an offense who, like you said, is dealing with a receiver core that has recorded what two catches? Did you say it was? Yep, and our best receiver just came off the practice squad. Yeah, so you're talking about a guy who's literally got guys who've just walked off the street to throw to. You know, the, he's had no real proper practice reps with or anything like that. You're not talking about highly drafted guys. And then you t- you look at your backfield as well, you know what I mean, which is what helps to keep defences honest. And you're missing what your RB one, your RB three. So hey, like, we got JHI back. <laughs> so you're missing a lot of your core pieces on on the offense, which you know for anyone, even if it was you know you stick Brady or Rogers or anyone in that situation, they're going to struggle. Like so, I think 
I think it's a bit unfair to blame it on Wentz just yet. I think wait till some of the pieces come back and then see how he does. I agree with both of you. I will I will put something on Wentz though in that he has not been as good as he was and it's because he's trying to do everything. He's so much better and I've, I've read it a lot that he's a lot better when he's not got the pressure, when he's just allowed to play. I got, there was a... Um, can't remember which analyst was talking about it, but essentially all quarterbacks play better when they're playing a game. They don't play as well when they have to carry a team. Uh, he, yeah, he has not been good. Granted, he has just played the Patriots defense as well, which is nothing to sniff at. But yeah, he's not played as well as he would do. It's the first game I watched him. I was like, he's, he's not playing well at all. We haven't got any receivers. We haven't got a lot of our offensive starters. Uh, but the may I, I think Mike Grow has just got to go. He's... But we, we don't fire in the mid-season. We're not like that. We're a very typical wait until the end of the season to fire someone. I don't even think we will because we're a bit kind of... We don't like to make change too much. But um, there's a lot of issues that need fixing. But yeah, thanks for complimenting the defence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't blame them for feeling that way, though. And I feel for you because your defence is slowly getting back to fitness and back to full health and it does look dangerous and right now you do kind of need someone who can just not give the game away and just carry the game. We have just got to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, so like, I mean, a little bit of time, you might get some guys back if you don't, you know, even if you can just get a couple of touchdowns a game, maybe just get a few things clicking, you never know, you might just scrape through results with your defence just going to give a shot of getting stronger as well because he's the our right guard comeback player of the year he didn't play that game because he has really bad anxiety and he he basically left the field after the first drive said his anxiety was too bad to even play and I think it's important to recognise that mental health is a problem sometimes Um, Craig you got this next one in from none other than Matt Walden yeah so our boy Matt Walden big books fan um is Jameis ever going to get rid of his turnovers and become the QB that everyone knows he has the ability to be one of the best? Or is Bruce and the head coach that will help him to become that? Jameis isn't the right quarterback. I think he's he's a gunslinger, obviously. He loves to throw it downfield. And he's got Evans, he's got um, Conley. And they, they can do it all. But he's, he's, I don't think he'll ever get rid of the interceptions part of him. I think he'll always have that. And I think he'll go on to be a backup quarterback. Bruce Arians will stick around because he's doing bits with them already. And I think they draft a quarterback this year. I, yeah, no. Go on, sorry. sorry I was going to say, I'm going to go again. Oh, I love Winston. And I'm going to say, give him another year under Arians, I think. Uh, it's, it's a tough one because obviously he's not proven himself and as you say Adam he loves to throw the ball big yards does get touchdowns but of course I, I do think it could be something that he could get out he could get out of him all the turnovers I just think you've got to give Arians another postseason, another off season and another preseason, and it might just do it give him four or five games next year maybe even draft someone uh, maybe even draft a QB in just to sit there in case Give him a little bit next season. If he doesn't do it, sorry, mate, you're done. I know it's a bit of a risk, but it's, they've put a lot of time and effort into him, and I, oh, it, it's just painful to see that all almost go to waste. He's yeah, like you were saying, he's a he, he's a gunslinger. Like he's one of these QBs who likes to just throw it up in the air and go for it. And depending on who you're playing against, 
you know, he can get away with it some games and some games he can't. You know, he's got Mike Evans there and he's got some other good receivers and, you know, he's got players who he can throw throw big and throw deep too. But he's, I think it's not going to change his style of play now and he is what he is and you've either got to take it or leave it. I don't think the turnovers are ever really going to, are going to go for him, to be honest. He's on track to be the only quarterback to ever throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in the same season. Record breaker. Yep, my man. I do like him, though. I think he's a very... In- he makes games very intense, like... Because he, like, he could throw an interception on the first play, then throw five touchdowns later. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting to watch. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to any Bucks fans listening who might not feel the same way. But in my opinion, I don't think it's anything that's really going to change anytime soon. And I think and we, it's, you've either got to accept it or, or look to move on. And with Tua going down in the rankings for that hip injury, they could be picking up Tua. Anyway, next question. Craig? Okay, so our next question was from Fagel Spencer. Um, is Lamar Jackson one injury away from his career over? Looking at his passing stats... Um, it's not as though he can become a pocket passer. Nonsense. I, I, I think the so, injury thing's pretty vague, though, because like any player could be one injury away from a career over. No, I, I think I get where he's coming from with this, because like, I, you know, I, obviously I watch the Ravens every week, and every time Lamar tucks that ball and runs, like it's. <laughs> I, I, uh, it's very tense, you know what I mean. <laughs> like it's, I'm literally, I'm, I'm looking through my fingers, and you're just thinking he's one bad hit away from, or just one, one guy falling on his leg or his ankle, funky in a tackle, and he winds up like RG three, winds up like his backup. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but I, I just think that's it. Saying he's one injury away, like literally every player's one injury away from losing their career obviously he's in a position he puts himself in a position to get injured a lot more than other people but hey if he, I, I'm I'm of the mind that if a player plays a certain way and he's very good at it such as Lamar is there's no point trying to change him it's kind of ride or die well yeah we don't really have a choice now we've completely tailored our offence to his skill set which is his ability to run you know he can't throw when he needs to he's shown that he's throwing for five touchdowns a game he can throw when he needs to but he's not your stereotypical pocket passer like his legs and his ability to to run on plays and that extra threat I think makes a huge difference and you know you, you, you listen to some of the comments that these guys you know these you know top level guys you know safeties and everything else are saying like you know we just can't figure out what's going on you know what the I mean thing is, if, if, if he got injured and lost the running game I don't think he could be a pocket passer because then teams would not. Teams obviously have to factor in that he's going to be running. So then they obviously stack the box a little bit more, really, like lets the receivers play a bit more, which is why he could pass downfield when he can't run. Like if he, if he twisted his ankle and he was being a pocket passer for a game, they'd tighten up on the receivers more. It's I just so that's... like. Sorry, it's, it's, it's such a, like a hypothetical one, isn't it? It's, it's tough to. There's so many like different situations and outcomes that could come from his injury. It's tough to tell. I, I am one. I believe he's got it in him to to throw the ball. Uh, he just looks like he can adapt to almost whatever, and it seems like the Ravens can adapt to him being whatever. And so yeah, I think he, I, I think he could be able to pass the ball and potentially sit in the pocket, not as well as he is right now, 
being able to do everything. But no, I still think he'd be a pretty decent QB. Yeah, I, I mean, I took this question in the sense of like running him or letting him run as much as he does is it a unnecessary risk at the moment? And I, at times, I'd say yeah. I mean, yeah, he has been pulled a few times from games and they've put Griffin in and garbage time and stuff. But, I mean, even by that point, we still really put points on teams and there's a lot of sometimes borderline unnecessary runs. And I don't think he needs to to run just quite as much as he does. But it's, I mean, it it is what it is. That's the way the offense works. That's the, you know, obviously that's what he likes to do and what a strong point is. But it's it's always going to be risky once you get a QB out that pocket scrambling because everyone's looking to to put a beating on him. Have you got to play the Browns again? Yeah, they play each other in three weeks. Four weeks. Oh, yeah. Of course. And so we've also had a poll of the week results there, Joe. Yes. Yeah, so last night I decided to just put out a poll. I was just quite interested to see what people think. And on the topic of Lamar Jackson, it's quite quite an important one. So it's coming to the end of the season. Uh, the MVP votes are going to be coming in soon. So I just put a tweet out saying, uh, who is winning the MVP race for you so far? I gave them three options of Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson and Christian McCaffrey. And just put another one saying other comment below. And Lamar Jackson won it convincingly. 77% of people voted Lamar Jackson, 10% Wilson, 10% McCaffrey. And then 3% voted other comment below, but didn't comment below. So I don't know if that was a mistake or they just didn't understand the question. But yeah, Lamar Jackson wins that poll pretty easily. I mean, the only person fighting for. Since since Mahomes has tailed off since his ankle injury, the only person even competing is um, Russell Wilson. I think, if, I think if McCaffrey hadn't have tailed off these past couple games, yeah. I think he would have been a strong front runner because he is carrying that team at the moment, and he's in a a, a much tougher position I I feel than Lamar is. <clears throat> Was the whole argument that? It's a lot harder for a non-quarterback to run MVP than any than any other position. No, there almost needs to be two Go. separate awards, doesn't there? Everyone's yeah, I I think there should be. I've got a lot of respect for McCaffrey and what he's what he's doing there at the moment and what what he's doing for that team this season. The the problem is is the 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 award most valuable player like a team without a quarterback isn't a team because the quarterback makes everything happen then and then you could you could obviously the McCaffrey's incredible but you could just put another running back on the Panthers and it would still work because you still have a running back so like receivers and running backs are in essence replaceable therefore not the most valuable when a quarterback when you go down to the backup there's such a noticeable drop in the, the entire team Cool. So let's move on to predictions. Uh, favorite, my favorite part of the podcast. Uh, would anyone like to update us on the current scores? Yes, I can do that for you. So last week, Tim got the highest score of thirteen because I think he got his bold prediction correct as well, which was Lamar Jackson to have more rushing yards than the Rams. And so Tim got thirteen last week. Me and Adam got eleven, and Craig got nine, meaning that. Total, I am ahead on 108. Adam is second on 107. Tim is third on 106. 
and Craig is fourth on 103. It's incredible how close we are after tw- like 11 rounds. Right. Yeah, I've got some catching up to do. Straight into the predictions. Uh, first game, Bears at Lions. Who's going to pretend to be Tim? You had the best Welsh accent, mate. Oh, it's not good, though. <laughs> I mean, it's it's better than ours. I well, have it... too much of an accent to do accents. <laughs> you have an accent? That, that, that's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do. I'll do bloody Tim. I got the bit. Well, wait, Welsh. Hello there, Bryn. Kraken. Bears by three. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, oh dear. Oh yeah, it's me next, right? You just you just distracted me a little bit there with that. It was just it was so spot on. Um, <laughs> I've got the bears by four. I've got the bit. Oh, no, it's me. I've got the bears by four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got the bears by four as well. Welsh Adam. Um, I, I'm lone wolfing with the Lions. Uh, Lions by three. Ooh. All right. Bills at Cowboys. Uh, Tim has the Cowboys by seven. Uh, I've got the Cowboys by five. <laughs> I've got the Cowboys by 14. I've got the Cowboys by eight. Okay, revenge game. Saints at Falcons. Oh yeah, Saints by ten. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got Saints by eleven. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to take Saints by three. I've got Saints by fourteen. They're going to hammer them. Okay, Tim's team Raiders at Chiefs, and Tim is going against the the Raiders. With Chiefs by 21. Uh, I've gone Chiefs by 14. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too confident they're going to blow them. I'm going to take Chiefs by 10. I've got Chiefs by 15. Okay. Bit of low scoring here. Jets at Bengals. Oh, Jets by 14. Uh, I've got Jets by 18. I'm tempted to take along with Tim. Though. I'm going to take the Jets by 13. There's going to be a missed field goal there. I've got the Jets by four. You just don't like the Jets, do no, you? No, I, I, I don't. I don't, <laughs> if I'm honest. Right. Um, AFC South matchup. Titans at Colts. Tim's got the Indianapolis Colts by seven. Uh, not me, it's you, Craig. <laughs> uh, Titans by ten. I think it's just so so dependent on injuries, but yeah, I think it is going to be the Titans that win that. I'm going to take them with, uh, with only Amiga 3, though. I've gone Titans by 9. Okay. Eagles at Dolphins. Tim has got the Eagles by 10. Um, I also have the Eagles by 10. Right. This is going to need to be a blowout so the Eagles can get some confidence. I've got Eagles by 20. <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, I may hate them, but I support them. Considering how long we've just spent talking about how rubbish that (laughs) offense is, and I have to choose my choose my words carefully there to keep a PC. But like, considering how awful that offense is, you really think they're going to blow the Dolphins out? Lane Johnson should be out of concussion protocol. Um, Brandon Brooks should be playing again. 
Nelson Aguilar's training again. He's crap anyway. Um, Alshon Jeffrey. It's training. not, it's not yeah. really a great addition. Yeah. <laughs> he probably, I don't think he's even going to start. I think Greg Ward, our practice squad, is going to start over Aguilar. But we've got Alshon Jeffrey back. JG Arthago Whiteside starting on the outside. Um, and Greg Ward should be playing slot. And then Jordan Howard's apparently getting better again. So I don't know. I think once we have the right side of our offense line back, we should be back. My fantasy team's missing Howard. Like, Oh, yeah. it's my go, isn't it? Sorry. Uh, Eagles by seven. Uh, Sorry about that, Joe. Got a bit sidetracked there. Oh, no, it's all right, mate. So did I. Packers at Giants. I've got the Packers by 14, Adam. Uh, I've got Packers by 15. I've got the Packers or Danny Dimes is going to fumble it three more times and he and the Packers are going to blow him out the wall by 21. Packers by 12. Redskins at Panthers. Tim has the Panthers by three. I've got the Panthers by four. I'll take the Panthers by 14. I completely agree with you. Panthers by 14. Buccaneers at Jags. Tim has the Jaguars by 10. I disagree. I went with the Bucks by four. I agree with you. I'm going to take the Bucks by 10. I also agree with you. Bucks by six. Okay, a bit of a lone wolf. A lot of lone wolf picks. Yeah. Tim's got a lot of lone wolves, hasn't he? This this is where he just does us yeah, over. Yeah, but this is, he always, he gets so well every time. And he said he talks to his wife about it. And she's an accountant or something. And there's something dodgy going there. <laughs> what, you think there's time travel involved? Or... What is it? Collusion. Like, like money, money ball. <laughs> Collusion. If you haven't seen that film, look it up. It's quite Moneyball's a baseball, great, not football movie, but look it up. It's quite interesting. For, ooh, this is going to be a saucy game. 49ers at Ravens. Ravens by one. Uh, I've gone Ravens by ten. If it was at the 49ers' house, I actually would bet for the 49ers, you know. I just think their defensive line is that good. Um, no, but it's at the Ravens' house. But the 49ers are good. Ah, this is such a tough choice. Who are the 49ers' cornerbacks? they got Russell Wilson, Sherman, aren't they? Ooh, Richard yeah. Sherman. Mm. It's, you mate, know, this is a toughie. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to take him. If you remember the first half that the 49ers played against the Cardinals and they played against Murray, who likes to scramble a lot, he really struggled. Like, really struggled with a QB who can scramble and who can throw the ball to it. Like, Lamar Jackson you know, can't run. That's what I mean. Like, they really, really struggled. And then when, when the Cardinals moved away from that, the 49ers then crept in and took over that game. So I think... Even though this is a big matchup between the two, I think the style of football that Baltimore plays, I don't think the 49ers are going but to be able to But we can't win that. if we don't make risky moves, Craig. Chaos is a ladder. Oh, I'm, just for excitement purposes, I'm going to take the 49ers by two. Oh, I was tempted to join you there as well when you start talking. Join the dark side. Uh, if, you, if you win, that pint uh, earlier is getting thrown at you. Why? <laughs> change uh, it. I is, see you wanting to change it. You've what, got your, what time is this game? What's what? Is it 6? Is it 6 p.m.? I think it's a 9-1. Uh, Let me just quickly check that for you. 
It is six o'clock. How's that a six o'clock game? Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah, 49 is by six. I changed my mind. Okay. Oh, Very exciting. Um, to a NFC West matchup, we've got the Rams at the Cardinals. I got the, the Rams by three. Uh, I've got Cardinals taking this by four. I kind of like the Cardinals, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Rams here. I'm going to go with Timmy. I'm going to take the Rams by seven. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Fancy them in this one by two. Oh, nice. nice little split. Chargers at Broncos. Tim has the Broncos by ten. Uh, I've gone the other way again. Um, I've gone Chargers by three. I'm, jo- I'm, I'm only going to do it. I'm going to join Tim again. I'm going to take the Broncos by three. And I've got the Chargers by ten. A lot of splits here. This could be where the point. predictions are made or made or lost. Browns, oh, fight, WWE fight night. Browns are stealing. <laughs> oh, I've got the, I've got, Adam, I've got the Browns by seven. Uh, I've gone for the Browns by nine. I'm taking the Browns by 17. Oh, is it, it's at the Steelers. Yeah, screw them. Steelers are not good. Yeah, go on. I'm going to be with Craig. Browns by nine. And finally, the Monday night matchup. Patriots at Texans. I've got the Patriots by 14. Uh, I've got the Pats by five. I feel like if JJ Watt would play and the Patriots would lose this. Um, and it's at the Texans. So there's not going to be a weather upset. But no, the Patriots, Steve. Yeah. Oh, but Will Fuller's doing really well. And DeAndre Hopkins against um, Gilmore. Watson likes to throw deep. And the strong point of that Pats team is that secondary. But Watson can scramble. You know what? I'm going to take him. I'm going to take the, oh. the Texans. I'm going to take him by six. You know what? Looking at these picks, I think every game by one, me and Joe have agreed. And then I think the majority of the games you and Tim have disagreed with us so either me and Joe are going to have a really good week or you and Tim are really yeah, going to have a good week it's, it's going to be the make or break week well hey we've got to make it exciting for the viewers we're here for you well you and Joe still both got a bye week coming up as well I know which is <laughs> ludicrous because no. if, you look, if you look at the scoring <laughs> from the first like four weeks we were all terrible yeah it's it's a joke this is we should average out the buys and give them to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what was actually, you know, what was the week where we scored like two each? It was like week, week 10. We all did awful. I want my points taken away from that. I didn't do. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the bye week on week six, please. <laughs> all right. Well, no, we, we can't actually, we can't do that. That's just, that's just mean illusion. Oh, sorry. Um, I've, I've got the pants by six. Uh, oh, I should have mentioned that surprise. Oh, actually, Patriots-Texans is the primetime game. Uh, Minnesota Vikings uh, at the Seattle Seahawks is the Monday night game. Boys? Well, Tim actually hasn't voted for this one, so we'll get his results there. So, Tim has blank. I'm going to give this to the Seahawks by three. I agree with you. I think the 12th man is too much for Kirk Cousins to handle. Did the Vikings just have a bye? Because I feel like they've been quiet for weeks now. Yeah, they they had a bye. They went eight and three, and then they had a bye last week. Yeah. 
I'm going to take the Seahawks by one. Oh, I absolutely love the Seahawks, but uh, I am going to go against you lot. I no, think the Vikings I, are coming out. Can I change my mind? <laughs> you can you change it. Yeah, I, I want to take the Vikings. Oh, this is it's a tough one. I'm going to take the Vikings by five. No, by eight. Eight? Oh, I don't think it'll be that close. No, the Seahawks just went and beat... The Eagles. Yeah, but they Ugh. beat San Fran the week before. Oh, why did I vote for the 49ers to beat the Ravens? <laughs> I'm way... Sorry, Adam, I'm going I'm going Seahawks, mate. I can't do I can't go against Fine. them. Fine, leave it. Leave it for me. Yeah. I'm going to say Tim's taking the Vikings just a bounce. Seahawks by seven. <laughs> As far as I'm aware, the Seahawks this season are unbeaten at home. Yes, but as far as I'm aware, the season isn't finished. <laughs> no, the Seahawks are unbeaten on the road. They're not be- They're not unbeaten at home. No, I'm sure that's the other way around, you know. I, I swear the stat was they've not lost on the road, though. Um, let's look. Do you know Seahawks home? No, 3-2 and two at home. Yeah, they're 5-0 and oh on the road. Oh, okay. I apologise. You should fire your stats, man, bro. Fact checked. Right. So, bye weeks. There are no bye weeks this week, am I right? They're all done. Yeah. They're all done now, yeah. Right. Bold predictions. These are starting to become the deciders in most of the weeks now, so make sure you get them right. Make sure you make them bold. Command B. Uh, Tim, I think the Chargers and the Broncos game will have less than 250 yards passing in total. Okay, so I've got the Bears-Lions game to be 20 points combined or less. Okay. I have Nick Foles and Jameis Winston to throw for seven-plus touchdowns combined. And I've got Mahomes to come back strong, getting over 500 yards against the Raiders. Okay. But yeah, um, has anybody got anything else to discuss this week before we, we finish ourselves off? I, I think that's it. Well, we wish Tim a safe flight home. Uh, do you want to give us our social medias there, Joe? Yep. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TAFS underscore UK and search for us on Facebook under that American Football Show. We'll pop up. We try to interact with you guys as much as we can. Uh, it's been really nice lately, actually. A lot of people replying and a lot of people getting involved in conversations. So any questions at all, hit them our way and we'll try to answer them in the pod. If not, we'll try answering them on social media. But yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, like you said, we'll just give us some reviews. We uh, we recently became the 33rd Most Listened Podcast. And we all had a nice big cheer for ourselves about that. So thank you all for, for listening to us regularly. We really do appreciate it and the kind messages uh, you do all send us. Um, again, remember to vote for your favourite Pro Bowl players. I think um, none other than Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson are currently leading the polls there with no surprise. But yeah, go vote for your favourite players. But that's that's all of it from us. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to this one. Obviously, a couple more questions. It's always fun talking to you guys about your opinions. I hope you all have a very nice Thanksgiving if you celebrate it and enjoy watching the Thanksgiving games. 
And that's it from us. You, you're going to send us off, Tim? All right there, <laughs> boys. I think we should just win, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Craigie boy, do you have yes. a soul? No. <laughs> Your New York Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice and quick. Okay, all right, we'll, all right, we'll start again. Go on.